0: Hello, 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 and welcome into episode number 52. That's right, episode number 52 of the Sports Kiki Podcast. My name is Alex Reamer. We've done a year's worth of episodes. It is something to celebrate. I believe I've taken a week or two off, so it's more like 53, 54 weeks. But as I said, 52 episodes, a year's worth. Here, here, and of all the shows we've done, uh, I can't recall too many times where I've gotten more positive feedback than what I've received over the last week following our, uh, the interview with Josh Leifer, who uh, is the brains behind the closeted frat guy TikTok account. I'm 28, and when I talk to somebody who, like Josh's in college and on TikTok, I, I just feel so old and so out of it. I mean, it's amazing. I feel like I used to be on the forefront of all this stuff. And now I feel like an 85-year-old <laughs> asking how this TikTok things work. So do you put in hashtags? Is it like Twitter? But it's incredible. And it's amazing that, you know, in, in my day when I was closeted and looking to find other gay people, it was 100% sexualized. The only places to go were chat rooms or Craigslist or you could create a grinder account and have your Torso as your avatar, purely sexualized. Not the case today. Josh created a TikTok account, went to find other closeted guys going through exactly what he was going through. It's a really cool story. So if you have not checked out the show, I encourage you to do so. It was definitely a good one and one that uh, I related to and good to know that so many others related to it as well. Sunday is the Super Bowl, of course, Super Bowl 55, and tonight, Saturday night, if you happen to be listening to the show on Saturday when it's published, there is a big party going on, virtual of course, but it is the inclusion party put on by the Hate is Wrong organization headed by Asera Tuvalu, the gay former NFL player who came out in 2002 He played nine seasons in the league with the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, He had a great career and has been a great spokesperson and advocate for LGBTQ inclusion in football and sports. So I'm really excited to have a Sarah on the show to talk about the birth of his inclusion party. And it's not just LGBTQ inclusion. It's inclusion as in everybody should feel welcome to attend and yeah, that's something I didn't even think of. But the Super Bowl parties, as Sarah was telling me, as Esra was telling me, rather, uh, of course, they're these gaudy, awful things with $750 covers. It's like Vegas on steroids, of course. So inclusion doesn't just mean for LGBTQ people, but inclusion means affordable. Inclusion means an environment in which you can be a woman and go and not be gawked at all night by creepy men. That's what that means. So Great to dish about that and also uh, Esra's journey as an out gay man, a closeted NFL player. Uh, In 2002, when he came out in ESPN the magazine, he wrote that he did not think the league was ready for an openly gay player. So I asked him 17, 18 years later if he thinks the NFL is in a different position. So a really good conversation. That's on the other side. It's a Sports Kiki episode 52 Super Bowl edition. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the show. It's the Sports Kiki Podcast here on OutSports. My name, as always, is Alex Reamer, as I love to say. And also love to welcome on uh, our guest this week, a little Super Bowl talk, Sarah Tualu. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Hey, aloha. Yeah, thank you for having me, brother. That's that's so cool to be on this. Yeah, yeah. no, it's 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 great to talk on the podcast here. Um, as Sarah, of course, for those who don't know, as I was also saying in the opening, played nine seasons in the NFL, nose tackle for the Packers, Vikings, Jaguars, Panthers from 91 to 99. He came out as gay in 2002. And one of the reasons why we're having you on this week, of course, is uh, your Hate is Wrong organization is hosting its fourth annual Super Bowl inclusion party. There was a panel Friday night with LGBTQ sports figures, moderated by our good friend Sid Ziegler, and then Saturday night a virtual inclusion party, including a performance from you. Really? Yes, you-
1: from me. Yeah,
0: I know. Go figure, right? Um, yeah, I'm a, uh,
1: it's gonna be—it's gonna be so much fun. We have some amazing entertainers, and yes, we have our "Hate Is Wrong" our fourth annual "Hate Is Wrong" Super Bowl Inclusion Party on Saturday, where we're gonna be raising money for anti-bullying programs.
0: So. That's so important. So how have you been preparing for your big performance?
1: Um, <laughs> you know, to tell you the truth this stuff, I haven't been prefor- uh, preparing for my performance because I've been busy just sort of kind of putting everything together as, you know, as you know, when you, you know, when you set things up and stuff like that, it's one of those things where you have to sort of, you know, you put things aside because you want everything to be right. Right. <laughs> so, um, I uh, I'm not sure what songs I'm going to be singing, to tell you the truth. But I'm sure I, I
0: have a, a few in my pocket that I can pull. Anything from your repertoire from the Mass Singer?
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, you mean the Voice? The Voice, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, the Voice. No, uh no, no, no. But I I I might sing a, a old school song, and I uh, I don't want to tell you what it is, but it's. It's a super old school. Roberta Flax covered it, so All right. uh, one of my favorite favorite songs. So I'm super excited about that.
0: All right. All right. So so t- tell tell the listeners about um, your inclusion party. This is its fourth annual year. Obviously, the first yes. virtual one, which I'll get to in a second. But what led you to start yeah. this a great event, and what is it?
1: Well, um, well, as you mentioned earlier, I played nine years in the NFL, and I've been to. Twelve Super Bowl, meaning that I, you know, went to go party, played in one of them in 1998. Uh, never saw us represented the LGBTQ community, and then also, and so what I wanted to do is make sure that we, the LGBTQ community, had a presence at the Super Bowl, because as you know, uh, we have a lot of you know players that are coming out now, and which is so cool. Uh, just to you know, on our sports, you know, you guys have been doing some amazing stories on athletes and stuff. So I just wanted to have a presence there, and then also. To top it off, I, um, uh, the charitable work and stuff. Hate is wrong is raising money for anti-bullying programs. We've uh, we've raised money for abuse here, homeless shelter for youth, LGBTQ community. Uh, um, the you know they have they have um, LGBTQ youth there. Uh, the Pacer Center organization is an amazing one. Uh, the uh, the Center for uh, Civil and Human Rights uh, Pride Institute in Atlanta. It was cool. And yeah. then this year we're adding on. Uh, N-V-E-E-E, it's the National Voices for Equality, Education and Enlightenment. A good friend of mine, Jahara Sanders, is the executive director down in, uh, in, uh, in Florida. And they're doing some fantastic work nationally. So uh, they do uh, uh, bullying and uh, prevention and then also education and leadership. So it's, a, it's an amazing organization. and We're so happy to do that. So.
0: Yeah. And uh, and how popular has the Inclusion Party been?
1: You know what? Uh, It's one of those five-year process, right? It's one of those things. And I'm not sure, uh, you know, and it's, you know, it's every single year it gets better. So the process, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, from the first year, actually we had, um, we had a good turnout in the first year and it's growing little by little every single year. So we're excited about that. And then hopefully, you know, hopefully um, next year it's going to even be bigger when we go to LA and throw a big party there. So,
0: and it's the place to find the hottest guys in Super Bowl week. Correct? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah Zach, that's confirmed.
1: Oh, okay. are we talking about that now, or we, uh, is that I think, confirmed?
0: Uh, well, that—that's the draw. Come on. Yeah, we do. Uh,
1: we do have some uh, beautiful people that that come to the <laughs> party. So, and also some celebrities, and uh, we do have uh, you know football players that come that support. You know, um, so it's it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. It's growing every single year. It's just starting to catch on. You know. Um, uh, you know, happy. You know, I just want to make sure that this is an inclusive party, so everyone is welcome. Not only that, right. it's one of those things where uh, if you've been to the Super Bowl, you know how expensive those parties are, right? And you know how all those parties sort of kind of exploit women. Uh, so our party is affordable, and it's I wanted to bring an uh, NFL Super Bowl experience to everyone, and uh, and so it's super cheap. Uh, we bring some amazing entertainers. We have Sean Hooks performing this year. Uh, He's performed in Atlanta. We have Fanteen. Uh, we have uh, uh, DJ Ryan, who's part of the LGBTQ community. Uh, we have Tammy Brown. She's going to be performing nice. on the inclusion Party this uh, this year. Uh, we've had Raja in the past. We've had just uh, an eclectic group of, 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 of artists that it just wants to support and, you know, it wants to support hate is wrong. And it's been and our message that we get out there. So it's been really fun. Uh so hopefully everybody tunes in tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I I I think that's so important. And and now that you mentioned it, I'm thinking like, yeah, Super Bowl week, of course it's like the worst of America from the standpoint that it's right. these ridiculous covers, you know, objectification, right. like Vegas on steroids. So it's exactly. great that, So it's great that you're just ugh, I'm not I'm nauseous thinking about it. So it's great that your party really pushes back against that and creates a space for everybody.
1: No, Exactly and you tell your truth, like you know you pay all that money and stuff to go like the 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 starting tickets up seven fifty right v i p is like fifteen hundred, and you go there and you're like, really, you know all the you know all the celebrities are in a room and stuff you can't really get to them well an inclusion party all the people that come they walk around, you can take pictures with them, they're so cool, we make sure they understand that this this is what the um, type of party it is, and they really it's in a it's a funny event. Uh, and so it's like you know I, I I really you know hopefully you know as we grow uh, I think uh, the LGBTQ community is was so sort of kind of like not they're so unaware but a lot of them you know um, people are starting to realize that we have tons tons of sports fans right tons of sports fans and you can tell in the NFL they're they're understanding that right now because they're putting. Their money in like you know the community service and stuff like that for the lgbtq community um they're they're just realizing that the pink dollar is worth something now right yeah so they're doing a lot of marketing things for you know to the to the lgbtq community and they're doing a great job with that right for the, the community for the outside of sports but what we're trying to talk and what i'm trying to change is within right the locker rooms the players the environment, the, you know, all of that within that, where so we can under help you know help all these other players understand is that we are there just as much, you know, we're there um, like them, right? We're there for our families, we're there to work, we're there to like have a career and all of that. This isn't a, a uh, eroticism place where you know, oh my gosh, a bathhouse or whatever they might think and stuff. We sort of we have to sort of kind of educate them that you know. We want the same
0: thing that they do. Yeah. Yeah. So so that leads me to what I was going to ask you. Uh, so in ESPN, the magazine, you're coming out piece in 2002 that you wrote for them. Uh, oh, you, my God. Yeah. Right. Long I mean, time. I don't mean to date you. <laughs> <laughs> my, my apologies. But um, you have this line. People ask me if I think a superstar football player will ever come out during his playing days. And you write, I'm reading directly from you, I hate to be negative, but I don't see it happening. The league isn't ready for it, and neither are the fans. So 18, 19 years later, do you still hold that viewpoint, or do you think that the league now is ready for an openly game player?
1: Like I said earlier, right, they're doing a fantastic job with the community, right, the LGBT community. But what we need to do is focus more on the players, right, the owners, uh, the coaches. Uh, and 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 people like that, in order to get that like that um, that environment that's safe for somebody to come out, right. And also another thing, the past has really haunted us, right. The past. When I say the past, all the hateful things, the word faggot, queer, homo, right, used in a negative term, right, used uh, for like a, you know used uh, to sort of like put down us in in the past. That word faggot and gay and stuff is still resonating within us. So what we don't want to do, and a lot of these athletes that I talked to and stuff, they don't want to be labeled, right? And you know what I'm talking about? When they come out, they put in that box. They put in they la- they're labeled as a gay player, and in society, gay, sagging, and queer is like weak, right? Right. And so we, and so what we need to do is change that, and we're doing it. We're changing it, right? We're changing it by players coming out, um, by showing uh, the community, society, and stuff who we are as. A community which is amazing, right? So the more people, the more education we put out there, the more people that come out, the more stories that Outsports brings out from all these high school to to college players and stuff like that to the um, to the pro. is something that it um, it's adding to that, right? And so hopefully you ask my views. Yes, I do think somebody will come out in, in the near future right now, but we need to continue the conversations. We need to continue the conversations of inclusion, diversity and, uh, and you know, equality and all of that. We can't let down. I think the things that we've learned from 2020 is that we're all in it together people, right? There's no there's a separate group. We need to come together as, as a community and stuff. And I'm talking about transphobia, you know, uh, the gay community, the straight community, the uh, Black uh, Black Lives Matter community. We need to come together and unite and and, and work on all of those things
0: together. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a cliche, but it's true. Stronger together. And I think that this year showed us the power of what happens when athletes can band together right. too. Um, right. When you were playing, uh, how prevalent were those words, faggot, queer, in the locker room and at practice and stuff?
1: Uh, well, anytime the topic of homosexuality would come out, there would be a big fight that's broke out.
0: So oh, really? It always
1: like, you know, somebody calling another person a fag, a queer, right? All of that, you know? So it's one of those things where that sort of, but you know, that, that was a long time ago, right? You know, people would think, well, that's not happening anymore. Like, well, of course, right? Because of all the education people coming out, right? As we move forward, play, you know, kids nowadays, they don't feel like the need that they need to come out because so their straight friends didn't come out, right? But we cannot uh, forget the fact of all the people that have laid down their lives from, for us back in like the old days and stuff from Stonewall, right? Um, you know, transgender, all these people, the leather community, the gays back then that just sort of kind of like started the war and the battle's still going on, right? So we need to sort of kind of remember those things because that stuff, I tell you what, will empower us.
0: Really? So fights, so fights would break out in, in the locker rooms whenever there were yeah. strong opinions?
1: Yeah, yeah. The word faggot would use, you know, or you play like a girl, or you play like a faggot, and you play like, you know, yeah. stuff like that. And so, you know, you know, I'm six four, 300 pounds some more. Obviously, right. But back in those, it, it, I don't care how big you are, stuff. When you do not have the support or any, it's it's just a difficult thing, right? Yeah. It's very difficult. And you know, not only that, uh, you could leave, lose your livelihood, right? I worked so hard to get to the NFL. You know for a fact. That's like 1% of people, of, of the players, go to the NFL every single year, right? So it's difficult. So when you get there and stuff, it's one of those things, and it's in a hostile environment, it's hard. But now, with all the education that's coming out with everybody, you know, um, diversity, when people are lashing out, like calling a player, calling another player, fagging and stuff, they're held accountable for the things and the actions that they are, which is amazing. Even like that country singer, that, that country singer this, that this, this this, he's like, you know, everybody's, Everybody's jumping on him and stuff. You know, Apple pulled all his music. Everybody pulled all his music and stuff, his record label. Those things like that helps us, right? Well, right. To help us. So when a player says something negative about homosexuality and they tell me, what would you tell him if you saw him? You know what I would do? I would shake his hand. I would tell him, thank you for saying that, right? Because you just showed the whole world what a bigot and uh, an idiot you were, right? (laughs) And so, um, and that's the thing, I mean, as we move forward, right, into 2021, uh, I'm hoping and stuff that we will all sort of just educate ourselves and help each other, right, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, my, my view on the F word always is that, you know, the repercussions for saying it are, should be similar to saying the N word, it's just as hurtful, right? you know. Exactly,
1: and- so I gotta tell you a story then. So, uh, I spoke at the Rookie Symposium back in 2006, seven. Right? Never got invited back. I don't know why, but uh, it was (laughs) great. But um, so 300 athletes, premier athletes around the country, right, came to the rookie symposium. One stupid question, right? And one stupid question was, okay, if I call you a fag, and you are a fag, is that offensive? And it came from a prominent player. Wow. And so it was like, but as, you know, as much as I wanted to jump over the table and stuff and just, you know, sort of, uh, you know, I didn't, but what I did, I looked around the room, and I tell you what, uh, I saw the players looking at this guy and saying, are you kidding me? Like, what an idiot, you know? I saw the reaction of the 299 other players to this, even like everyone, and just looking at him, why would you say something like that, right? Ryan O'Callaghan was in that group as well, right? And so it was one of those things like, you know, I just saw that, and so I told the guy, this is my response to him, and I won't sugarcoat it here. So I said, you know what, uh, when you use the word faggot, queer, and home, when you use it in a negative way to discriminate someone, it's like calling an African-American person or calling a woman a bitch. It's not right. And even if you think, like, oh, my gosh, that's just the way it is, well, back in the days and stuff, they used to use the N-word. So, uh, so should, we use, should we bring it back, right? And so that was my response to him. And every you know, all, everybody was just, all the, the, the other players afterwards, came up to me, it's like, you know, he does not represent us. And so what I saw there is I saw a change, right? I saw, you know, I saw, I saw, like, I, I just knew that the, gen- the things would get better. The generations wow. and stuff, uh, people realizing and stuff, you know what, I have a gay dad, mom, cousin, uncle, brother, sister, yeah. all that, right? Oh my gosh, my doctor is gay, right? Oh my gosh, you know, he saved my mom's life, right? I mean, that's the thing, you just don't know, even like with bullying, right? All these, you know, I try, to under, uh, I try to help these kids find their voices. The thing underneath, under their nose and above their chin is called a mouse, right? But also, I, I try to un- make kids understand, you never know that kid sitting right next to you might save your life, right? Might be mm-hmm. that doctor, might be someone that will help you in the past, give you a job or whatever, right? And so you just kind of have, you know, you, you can't, you don't know, right? You don't know. And so... um Anyway, but um, sorry, I just keep I just keep rambling and stuff. I no, know. it's
0: it, it, it's a it's a I, I didn't know that story. Obviously, um, that's uh, that's but my question is though, the NFL didn't ask you back though, right? Yeah. So yeah. why do you think that is?
1: You know why? I'm not sure why. To tell you the truth, but it's, you know, it's one of those things. I guess. Uh, it was just hit home to the, into the locker room. Right. I have no idea yeah. to tell you the truth. I thought it was a great response. I thought it, I thought, you know, it was a, a great thing. And um, you know, the thing about it, if it doesn't benefit, I, you know, I guess it's not. And what is so stupid and stuff is that we are not included in their um, diversity um, handbook. Who's right? not the, the, the LGBTQ oh, community. Really? Right? Even though knowing that we have Ryan O'Callahan, we have, uh, David Cope, we have Roy Sims, we have myself, we have, I mean, all these, you know, all these athletes that are coming out, and still yet, we are not included in that diversity handbook. Right.
0: I want to talk so. to you, yeah, I, I want to change topics a little bit and talk to you, uh, Esra, about your your friendship with Brett Favre, which um, came under, you came under some criticism a few months ago for inviting him on your podcast after he had been golfing with Donald Trump and uh oh my God. And, and, and he's mm-hmm. in the news again this week with comments he made about Deshaun Watson. But just uh just, yeah, just um you but you you stood by your friend.
1: Well um yeah he's a friend, right? I yeah. mean, we're all individ- we're all individuals here and stuff like that. I'm sorry, I have family members that are Trump supporters. I have Trump family members that are Biden supporters, right? I mean as far as things um you know i, I you know I, I have a good friendship with brett and um the reason why he was golfing with um you know golfing with trump is that he is working uh, he's with uh, with this company that's trying to work on something for concussions right mm. a medicine for concussions. so that's the reason why when they ask him obviously we all know that you know why if, if you want something to happen you need to definitely go to the top right i mean that's um, you know, so that's the reason why he was golfing with Trump. Uh, as you hear on my, um, you know, on my podcast with him, you know, you can do it. Uh, see it on Hate is uh, Wrong YouTube. It's one thing. Yes, we do have a friendship. The dude, you know, him and I were good friends when we played ball. He's always been respectful of stuff. I mean, I have no control of what he does, right, uh, when he wants to golf with, uh, with, with Trump or the things that if he votes uh, uh, Republican or anything like that, right? Uh, I'm not going to disown him. I'm not going to disown my family members and stuff or my friends that are Trump supporters. So, I mean, like I said, we're all individuals in this world. And so, um, yeah, you know, I I stand behind him. He's a good friend. So, I mean, you know, if he... So, yeah, I guess
0: that's my uh, my, my, my spiel on that. <laughs> no, but I, I was going to ask you, though, about how you think that your experiences playing in the NFL has formed the way you view those kinds of things now. Like, to go back to your ESPN the Magazine story, you talk about coming out to a former teammate, Craig Sauer, who asked you about yeah. the rumors, and you said, you know, he was a strong Christian Um, but, you know, you've been around a a lot of diversity and you've been accepted by diverse people. I'm just wondering how, you know, you, you, you haven't just solely lived in, you know, Brooklyn, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And been just in a, a liberal enclave. So, so yeah. So I'm wondering how you think that's maybe framed some of the way that you view things like Farvin and, and the importance of reaching out to, to all kinds of people. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. I guess I, did I misunderstand your question? So oh I, no
0: no, uh, no, no, no no i i I was just adding on to it I was just adding on to all it. all
1: the things and stuff that i've learned i mean yeah. Yes. i mean uh,
0: i you know uh, i'm fifty two years old yes
1: <laughs> period right fifty two years old so i i I've, I've, I've sort of kind of i think I've seen every single thing under the sun right uh i've you know I've come across uh, every types of people, everybody you know um people that disagree, people that hate on people people are, or anything like that, so i think. Uh, when it comes down to it and stuff it just um, you know other things that I've learned in the past all the the people like you know Craig Sauer and Brett Favre and you know things I've learned in the NFL right uh, all the difficult times I've been through in the NFL and uh, in life itself um, when I was a little kid being molested right being bullied or anything like that of course you just learn all you know you, you learn from all that and stuff so as I move forward into you know Uh, into the future and stuff and coming out in 2002, I actually sort of kind of, um, uh, I was quoting Shakespeare, to be or not to be, right? I could just live that life of the American dream, the the white picket fence, two kids minus the wife, right? Or I could make a difference in this world and try to create something and and be part of the solution, right? Uh, Am I perfect? Absolutely not. I'm not perfect at all. But I have chosen and stuff to help people. I've chosen to sort of kind of Uh, Create something, you know, so, um, you know, so people can come and maybe learn about, you know, a thing or two about the LGBTQ community and what we go through in our lifetime. So, um, and um, so that's why, and that's where I am in my position in my life right now, right? Uh, We live right now in the world of click and post, right? It's easy to build somebody up and stuff, but it's even easier to knock them down. We also live in a a world and stuff that, you know what, a world of that just strides on hate. Right. And, you know, the, the news, social media stuff, right? They just blow up when somebody falls and stuff, man, they, they just attack them. But then when somebody does well, you just barely, hit, you know, you just hurt. So I've learned a thing or two about life, about the NFL, about, you know, everything that I've gone into my life. And I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to do my best to help. That's all.
0: Yeah, that's uh that's that, that's that's so great. And um what what, what was I gonna ask you? Not now lost my train of thought here. Um oh yes, I was gonna ask you about this. Um over the last uh eighteen years or so since publicly coming out, um, how do you think you've grown in your coming out journey? What's the biggest difference between uh Tuolu Tuvalu now opposed to O two? Well
1: um not living in fear.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You know, not
1: living in anxiety of people finding out that I have a family and you know, a partner back in those days you know so I think now you know uh, I mean anytime somebody uh, confronts their crippling secret and lives in their truth and it's always room it's uh, every single day is a growing process and a healing process right and so uh from then to now wow man it's incredible because I have, you know, I have created a brand new family, you know, the LGBTQ community and stuff like that, a sports family and whatever. Uh, And it's just, it's just amazing. I'm happier uh, um, than I've ever been uh, since back then. And uh, it's just, it's just a great feeling, man. It's a great feeling to live your truth and a great feeling to sort of be able to not have to hide when you are, you know, when you another handsome guy and stuff that you want to ask yeah. him out for a or anything like that or you know i don't have to live in the shadows or anything like that you know uh and you know hopefully and stuff that they don't tell like secret or oh my gosh you're the nfl player right so it's just one of those things where it's just good to be out right to live that normal life and just to be happy right that's the main thing the goal in life and stuff when you put on your pants every morning is that you want to be happy right yeah um, and that's that's and that's the goal uh, so, yeah
0: I, I was just saying i mean just reading your stories i i couldn't believe how you did it i mean you were doing like 20 tequila shots on a monday night and then getting up the next <laughs> day to practice and playing at this level i mean it's how the hell did you do it
1: <laughs> it's called being young oh.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> but no i know i know what you're talking about i do i know right but that was, all of that was because of living in the closet and because, like, seriously, when I was playing a game and my, I, would do a, I would get a sack and my name would echo through the stadium, I would get anxiety attacks. And sometimes they would black out, right? So wow. because of the fear of somebody finding out who I am, but not only that, right? Taking away everything I've worked so hard for, right? By just, you know, you know by just somebody finding out that I was gay, right? all those things every single day I woke up back then right I woke up I walked into that locker room and I transformed myself into someone I wasn't a straight man and that right there you know looking over my shoulder making sure or hearing all the negative things and stuff in the locker rooms about you know fags and queers and stuff like that or even discriminating women and stuff like that you know know, listening to all the you know the players talk about who they banged and all of that right that's shit, man. I just all those things and stuff. I, you know, obvious. Of course, my life is so much better than back then. Right. So, you know, it's just it's just a, it's crazy. But anyway.
0: Yeah, and that's what and, and with the hate is wrong and the work you do, uh, I have full confidence that uh, the environment will continue to change for the better. Um, yeah. Before and you
1: support. get, hope that you know hate is wrong and stuff. You know, again, yeah, hate is wrong. We, uh, you know, it's it's one of the things. I used to say a term back in the days, uh, hate in any form is wrong. I, I said that because it was my way of fighting the fight within the closet. Right. Cause then if anyone came up with sexism or racism or homophobia or anything, I could say, dude, hate in any form is wrong. Like, stop it. Right. And then, so they would think about it and be like, Oh, okay. You know, but then, you know, it, it was a way of me hiding. And then, um, Four years ago, when the Super Bowl was here in Minnesota, I decided to turn it into a non-profit and then to raise money for anti-bullying. So, That's.
0: Uh, and Sarah, before I let you go, who do you got, Brady or Mahomes? Mm. Mm-hmm. This is the toughest uh, question.
1: I have, to go through the, I have to go with the best, and I'm going to say this one more time, the best, the best NFL player that ever played the game. I'm going to go with Tom Brady. My man. He's going I mean, and anybody, the reason why people hate him, because they love him, right? Because they, uh, he, beat all, he beat all their teams, right? The dude is amazing. You cannot fake the funk that he is an amazing athlete. You cannot. He left, he won six Super Bowls. He left one team to go to sort of a medium team, and he took him to the Super Bowl. Come on.
0: Yeah, and not and just, just a medium team. The, the, yeah.
1: Yeah, the leadership alone and stuff is, is incredible. And some people, you know, they're like, well, he's so arrogant. Well, wouldn't you be a little bit guarded if so many people hated on you?
0: Right. right? And, and, the awesome. wor- and and the worst but, thing he maybe did was take a, a little air pressure out of a football.
1: Oh, my gosh, right? And it's so funny because when he left um, New Orleans, you remember all the negative stuff they told, talked about. Oh, he's never good. He's nothing without Belichick. He's blah, 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 right? He's not going to do well. He's not going to do, you know, all of this stuff, even from all the sports commentators, they're eating their words right now. All of them, right? They're all eating their words because the dude went to a team that wasn't that good, well, you know, medium, and he took him to the Super Bowl, dude. It's like, it's crazy. It's and, just the craziest thing. You don't think he's the best player ever? You're, something's wrong with you. Seriously.
0: And at 43 years old. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, right? Esra. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, also, how can the people, if they want to, last minute sign up for the inclusion party Saturday night? How do they do that?
1: Please go to inclusionparty dot org and sign up for your free ticket. If you also want to donate, please. Also, if you want to sign up for a newsletter, um, tonight's panel, uh, and I'm not sure, uh, we have a panel, so just sign up for a newsletter so we can, you know, we can send you information on future things that we do for Hate Is Wrong. Uh, I hope everybody, if we go um, live next year at the Super Bowl, that they will come to the Super Bowl party, inclusion party next year. But inclusionparty.org, please go. We have some amazing people and we're raising money
0: for a good cause. Join the virtual Start festivities. And the purpose. Yes. And, and, the purpose. and Esra will be singing. So uh...
1: <laughs> yes, I will be singing an old school song. So you might want to listen to it. Uh, so anyway, thank you so much, my brother.
0: Yes, my brother. Talk to you soon.
1: All right. Aloha. See you guys
0: all later. So thank you for tuning in to episode number 52 of the Sports Kiki podcast. And a thanks go out again to Asera Tuwalu for coming on the show. Uh, if you have the time, I wrote an essay on Outsports published Friday about the struggles and the complicated relationship that I've had over the years with sports and being an openly gay man. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, Sid Ziegler wrote about this last week about how, Gay sports fans are defined as butch or mask and derided in that way. And that's stupid. Um, And actually, early on in my gay journey, sports is how I found myself. And I joined the Flag Football League here in Boston. And through the guys I met there, I went to drag shows. I went to the gay village in Montreal. I explored my femininity that way. So uh, it, it, it really flies against the stereotype that's out there, but as I've become more comfortable in being a gay man, I found that my relationship with sports has changed as well, Uh, so uh, a lot of thoughts, and a lot of interesting uh, things there, I encourage you to go out and read it, Uh, we'll talk to you next week on the show next Saturday, enjoy the game, for the record, I am going with Brady to win his seventh Super Bowl, and we'll talk to you next week.